I couldn't see the light if I was the first car at a stoplight. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. it's really the best. So it's like I'm having to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really terrible. I, I know exactly. It's either that or when you're driving right into the sun and you can't, <laughs> and you can't see anything at all. And and the whole time you're like, this is really hazardous, but I can't do anything about yeah, it. Hopefully everybody follows the rules too. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's like for that five minute window where it's below your sun visor. So that doesn't do mm -hmm. anything, but it hasn't set yet. So it is just, it's just right there in front of you. You can't do anything about it. I am sorry, officer. The sun was right in front of me. Oh, oh, well, yeah, I couldn't yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand, officer. I couldn't see. Okay. I'm kind of, I am big on like unhooking my visor and like moving it to the side, pulling the extent. Like I'm yeah. kind of annoying about that, but it's just, I like, it drives me crazy to have like the sun in my eyes when I drive. Uh, have you driven a car with the sun visor that it goes to the side, but it doesn't slide? It's not adjustable. Mm -hmm. They make those, and it 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 you 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 sit there, and you just you want to strangle the stupid automotive engineer that made the decision not to get the little sliding extender for the extra dollar fifty three cents. I know, or whatever yeah, it is. the cost cannot be high. <laughs> no, come yeah. come on, or you want to slap accounting or whoever did it because it's like the sun is right here, and my visor's right there, and this sucks. And it's something that's so small, yet so annoying. Mm -hmm. Or on rental cars, a lot of times, they don't tint the windows. So True. the whole time, it'll be like a six-hour drive, and the sun will just be cooking you. You're in a greenhouse. And, you, and, <laughs> and you're wondering, why am I so uncomfortable right now? Yeah. And you realize, oh, it's because the windows aren't tinted. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, when I drive my son to work, nope, nope, let me try that again. When I drive my kids to school... <laughs> My son's three and a half. Didn't have a job yet. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. When I drive them to school, we're always driving like directly north on one street. Mm -hmm. And so the sun's just like blares down on him every day. He's always like, Daddy, I hate the sun. I'm like, it's, it's just going to be two minutes of this. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> every day it's going to be like this. Can't do anything yeah. about that, that damn sun. <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, yeah, just better better wait for winter. Yeah, that's that's the way to parent. I say like, mm, sounds hard. <laughs> Suck it up. Yeah. So all of the car talk that we just recorded won't be on the internal podcast. Oh, it can be. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. Because that just, was, you know, we're going to want it a little bit more warm. That was valuable consumer information. Did you have to drive at all in Europe? No. No. Traveling for business is just a different ball game internationally. You need to know where you're showing up and how you're getting there. And you need to know where you're leaving and how you're getting home. Mm -hmm. Everything in between, you kind of just leave into the hands of others. Yeah, for somebody's taking you somewhere, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of like it because it bugs the hell out of me. I don't have nearly as much control as I typically do. Mm -hmm. And that's an adjustment. That is definitely an adjustment. But it's nice to not have to worry about all of that in such a foreign place. You just follow whoever you're with like a little duckling and you'll be good to go. Yeah. They choose where you're going to eat. They choose... They figure out how you're going to pay. They choose how you're going to get from point A to point B, who you're going to be talking to. Oh, the guy doesn't speak my language. I don't have to worry about it because I have a guy that does speak that language. Everything's figured out for you. And then you can kind of get your bearings. And so if I went back to Zurich, you know, next week, I'd be way more comfortable, way more comfortable. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. I've kind of figured it out. I've been with someone that lives there. I know the lay of the land a little bit. 
I could figure it out. But being with someone that knows what the hell they're doing in a foreign place, game changer. Well, you were in Bern for the first couple of days, right? Our first mm, day. Zurich. Yeah, we didn't actually make it to Bern. You didn't go to Bern. I thought we were going to make it to Bern. Because that's not. where the bear is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the bear pit. Yeah. It's, it's a weird place, the bear pit. I, that, was the, that was the first city we were in when we were in. Well, I've, I've heard they've expanded the bear pit and made it a lot more bear friendly. Um, because there were some bear pit protests. It's very concrete. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, so it's 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 literally this. That looks. I mean, I'm just. You've actually yeah. seen it. I'm talking about based on Google pictures. Like this hole in the ground, with some bears in the in the damn hole. But um, some animal rights activists came about and said this is unfair to the bears. We need a more expansive bear pit, and so they built a bear park. That's supposed to be much. Much more improved. Okay, it was not. I will say it was not. It was not a bear park when I was there. Mm. Um, I think there are a lot of opinions about animal rights activists. Sure, I would say uh, one cause I can get behind is not keeping bears in a hole. I think that's fair. I think there are some some causes that you know. I think we can all generally get behind. It's like yeah, that's probably crappy. I feel um, people's opinions vary based on if you grew up around bears though or not <laughs> like bears deserve to be in a hole <laughs> because because <laughs> uh, in montana you interact with bears quite a bit yeah the thing and they're a pain in the ass a lot of times a pain like there was one time where the bear just got in the house and that's why you lock the doors it's not so intruders don't get in your house it's so a bear bears. doesn't get into the damn house yeah and the bear gets in the house and then shatters the whole dining room table then you have to get the bear out of that. And it's just a pain in the ass. You're like, you stupid bear, get the mm -hmm. hell out of here. You're not a, and it's not like a grizzly bear. A grizzly bear, you don't just yell at and yeah, they run true. away. You're it like, doesn't no, work you, that way. you do not want it to see you. Yeah. But like a little black bear, you just yell at the damn thing and they're just a nuisance. It's a big giant pest. Or you just, yeah. Or, um, <laughs> so we had like a big bag of corn for the deer and, and we would keep the garage door like eight inches open so the cat could get in and out. And the bag of corn was sitting next to the garage door. You walk out into the garage and you just see this little bear paw just underneath, <laughs> underneath the garage door, just feeling around because he could smell the corn. He knew it was there. Just yeah. feeling around, feeling around, feeling around. And you're just watching it. You're like, you stupid bear. And then the bear, the bear paw finds the bag of corn. And then you're like, okay, all right, I need to do something about it. Before you can do something about it, grabs the bag, spills it all, yeah. over, the, all over the garage floor. You're like, you stupid idiot. And then you go out there, you yell at the bear, get the hell out of here. And then you're cleaning up the corn. You're like, ah. It's just like a, like a neighborhood, neighborhood kid who always gets in trouble. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. Yeah. 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 They're just a, they're a nuisance. Um, so if that's your, it's, it all depends on your upbringing and how many what what your proximity to bears was growing up, I feel like would would inform True. your opinion on bears as an adult. We don't have bears in this part of Tennessee. It's not really a thing. <laughs> I guess not. You have to go east, huh? Mm -hmm. There are some. There certainly are some there, but yeah, here. they're just they're small though. Again, they're just a pain in the ass. There's like the small bears are just the ones that are a have, nuisance. Have you ever heard? I this might be like an internet myth, which you, you know you can trust everything on the internet because anybody can write there. So you're going to get the best possible information on the internet. Mm -hmm. But there's like this Canadian myth. It's like there are towns in Canada where if you park on the street, you're supposed to leave your car doors open in case you're getting chased by a bear. You can get in the car and lock the door. Something I've heard before that people like will leave their car doors open specifically for people to 
find safety from a bear. Hmm. I don't know. I just know that sometimes you like you need to you don't want to leave food in your car because the bear will break into your car. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's you know the bear canister and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, bear canisters. That's a big deal. Mm. But that's mostly. It's called the bear canister, but it's mostly so like a little rodent doesn't come in and chew through your shit in the middle of the night. Well, or like a raccoon or. But even like if you camp in Kentucky, and we're clearly off way off base on the international podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you camp in Kentucky, it's like all the trash cans will be, you know, like bear proof. Yes. You know, and it's like you, you don't want to just like have your cooler sitting. It's like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I've never had a bear. It's always been squirrels. It's always been small or. <laughs> I woke up one morning, I was camping in Big Sur on the ocean. It was incredible. And I wake up and I have all these little fucking raccoon paw prints all over my cooler, all over. I mean, from every angle, little muddy raccoon paw prints. And I wake up I'm like, idiots couldn't figure out how to get the Yeti open, huh? Yep. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah. Get that thumb working. Yeah. Got him. Okay. Internal podcast. Build with Good team here. Hello, everybody. We're really happy to have you. Um, please ignore the rental car talk, the bear talk. We're, We're just here catching to talk up. business. Yeah, Alex and I have not been together in like a week Couple and weeks. a half. No, because I was gone before you left. Remember, I was on vacation. Oh, dude. See, and you were on. You were out most of the week before that. So we're kind of yeah, a couple weeks out. This is the struggle with um, traveling. Is uh, it, it? We've talked about this. It feels like I go into a time machine. It feels like I am where I was when I. When I, before I left today, mm-hmm. like that week didn't happen back here in reality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it happened, it clearly happened, but I feel like I'm, I'm picking up where I just left off before I left, but no, everybody's li- lived a normal week mm-hmm. in this world while I was not here. I sometimes have the same feeling when you're gone, where if you're like, Alex, where were you, where were you working on while I was out of town? The podcast. Okay, well, I wasn't here. And it's still like, well, I feel like I did a lot of stuff. Yes. And so I, I guess it's the opposite where it's like, I worked on the podcast the whole time, yet I didn't record with you at all. Mm-hmm. And now we're here back recording more podcasts. Here we are. That's how it is. And that's what we're doing today. We're recording more podcasts. Recording more podcasts because you're going out of town tomorrow and the next day, and then you'll be back again the next day. Yeah, I got a whole... You got a couple of things this, this week. I got like 30 hours at home. Maybe a little bit more. Which I would say is probably like the minimum coming off of of international trip like that, right? Like you gotta have some sort of reset. Which I know you don't believe in jet lag. You just kind of I don't believe in jet lag. Keep your day going. That's it. If you just don't believe in things, they don't exist. (laughs) That's true. I don't believe in it. That's how that's how it works. It doesn't work. We flew American and with American we typically get upgraded. Mm -hmm. So I got upgraded to business class. And I had business class and the last time we flew international. It is worth every single dollar, not from like a bouginess standpoint, but from a, you can actually sleep where you're, so when I, when I go, my trick is when I go somewhere, as soon as I start traveling to wherever I'm going, I'm on the time I'm going to. Yep. So if I'm, if I'm supposed to be awake where I'm going, I'm awake. doesn't matter where I'm at. And then the nice thing was. Going over there, business class could lay down, sleep, and we were traveling. We get in at like eight thirty in the morning, so the whole time we were flying, I should have been sleeping in Switzerland, so I could stay up and then get a full night's sleep on the plane. And so I get there, well slept, ready to go. 
And then coming back, same thing. I got a pretty nice chunk of sleep in when I was supposed to be sleeping here, woke up, stayed up all the way till like eight and then went to bed and slept all the way through the night last night. Yeah. And you're locked in. That's if you do that, you're good to go. I will say when you're traveling east internationally, you typically have like the like adrenaline and like juice. Like when you get there, it's like, yeah, I can stay up until I don't need to stay up anymore. But when you're coming back, it's this weird time travel where it's like you leave and you get home four hours after you left, even though you were on a plane for 10 hours. I, it is weird, but I don't, I don't get all that fired up about travel anymore. I'm just kind of like, like cost of doing business. Well, when Angel and I were leaving, I was like, are you excited to go? He's like, I mean, it's kind of just another trip. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel too. (laughs) So (laughs) like, it's just, it's just become our reality. Yeah. So it was, don't get me wrong. Unbelievable. I, I had so much fun all week long, but it's also just like our job at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's kind of out of the ordinary, but not, not really at the same time. I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. You were in first class flying out there. Angel yeah. was not. So you said you got upgraded. Yeah, there was only one spot and I was Very ahead dull. of him on the list. Oh. Yeah. Now, when you went to Saudi Arabia, you, f- you flew business class then too, right? Yeah, we both upgraded. Okay. So it was like a grand to upgrade, so, both of them. Okay. But which sounds like a lot, but for a 15-hour flight and for work the next day and coming off of a brutal schedule, worth every Kinda single dollar. Out. It's not like I would never spend money on first class because first class sucks, honestly. It's, it's okay, yeah, it's a bigger seat. It is more comfortable, but it is, it's the same bullshit that everybody else has to deal with. Identical. There's nothing special about it. It used to be something special when my dad was traveling for business 15 years ago, 20 years ago, but now it is complete trash. Now just, you just get something to drink before the plane takes off. Airlines are just a total commodity. It is a bus system. It is nothing more than that. Business class, on the other hand, a different, it is just a different realm. Okay, so there, realm. there is a difference between those two things. I, as somebody who's never well, business, had either. Business class, it's a, it, it lays down into a bed. And oh, that, that's the difference. That is what makes it a total game changer. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, got it. I so thought it was just some some flights just had bigger seats and some no, got it. Okay. No. So you have a bed. And so you can actually legitimately sleep. That's pretty slick. And that that is what makes the difference. Do you put headphones into <clears throat> sleep on a plane? Like when you're doing it that way? Uh, earplugs. Earplugs. Yeah. Uh, earplugs and a mask, like a diva. Oh, sure. Yeah. Wait, what, what day is it? Yeah. President? It's great. My little blankie, and they give you a pillow, and you're just, you're snuggled up in your little, and it's like a little pod. So you just, you feel so safe and so secure, mm-hmm. even though you're hurtling through the air at 550 miles an hour above the Atlantic Ocean. I've always been impressed by how they lay it out so that they can have, you know, a certain amount up there, and there's plenty of leg room, yet, like, they are close together. It's know? very clever. It's pretty smart. Yeah. So... That's uh, international travel. Anyway, yeah. Uh, So the reason I asked was, I was wondering, did did you make Angel sit in a normal seat while you had business class? But the answer was no. Okay. I just I got I got upgraded. Sorry, dude. I got upgraded 15 minutes before I boarded the plane. Oh, and you were like, oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they they you know they you know uh, looking for a wit at the gate. 
that was what it was. And so while we were standing at the gate waiting to board, I got it. That's uh, you go buy a lottery ticket on a day like that. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Well, but I've just been flying so much and I've been flying more than Angel. Typically Angel flies, flies more than me. Because he comes out of Ontario a lot of times, so he has more flights than I do because he's always connecting. Mm-hmm. So everywhere he goes, he's always two flights typically. But he hasn't gone a lot of places this year. I've gone, I think I'm over 50 flights now for the year. And uh, so I've just, I'm just higher up on the list. I saw a tweet this week that was talking about flying out of LA. And it was like ranked uh, like flight or ranked airports and coming out of LA. It was like Burbank, Ontario walking wherever you're supposed to go and then lax <laughs> lax sucks yeah. no fun sucks yeah there's some airports that are just not a good time and that's one of them mm-hmm. i stay away from that one but i fly out of there in a few weeks unfortunately that's how it is like travel as much as you do it happens mm-hmm. uh we've got a couple of questions from the team uh if we can jump into those okay good yeah All right. let's let's get down to business here chill um enough with the chit chat this is serious. We take this seriously. All right, Chell has a question. Why are you so fond of hipster coffee shops? It's kind of become a meme with you at this point. Yeah. I tell my parents they screwed up. They screwed me up. Because, and this is, this is just reality. I used to be super low-key about it. Super, super low-key about it. So it's intentional when I talk about it. I was raised very fucking bougie. In a very fucking bougie world. Um, Like even the guys we were with in Switzerland, they're from Aspen. They're a big contractor in Aspen, Stutzman. And um, and, and they're like, hey, I heard you would spend summers up in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Where where would you be at? Oh, Aspen Glen. And they'd be like, are you kidding? Like, come (laughs) on, dude. Come on. I'm like, I know. I know. I but you're a kid. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, like they, my parents took me there. I don't know. That's the hand you're dealt. Yeah. Like you have no like no. Sorry, mom and dad. I'm not going to the country club this summer. I need to go get a job like a normal kid, mm-hmm. or you know, go do a normal thing. Like Put normal me in the kid. factory, mom and yeah. dad. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've had my seventh yeah. birthday. I need to go to work making shoes no. or something like that. <laughs> whatever kids used to do. Um, I uh, so yeah, so I so I grew up. Um, in a fancy world, doing fancy things. So I like nice things. Sure. And uh, that's just, I, I've, I actually, I love the blue car world because it's a, a break, a respite, respite, respite. I think it's respite. I think it's respite. Respite from that world. And I don't like a lot of the bouginess. Like I'll go back to it now in Scottsdale and I'll, ah, this feels icky. I don't like this. I don't like, keeping up with the Joneses and check out my Rolex and, oh, you go into the country clubs. Like, I don't, I don't like any of that. I don't want any of it. It is not my thing at all, but there are a few things <laughs> that I like. I like some nice things. I like nice coffee. And I think what rubbed off in that whole experience growing up was I really like nice, well thought out places and space is very important to me. And we've talked about this at the office mm-hmm. and I like experiencing different, well thought out spaces while I'm traveling, coffee shops are a very easy space to go experience while traveling because you can spend just a few dollars and you can spend as much time there as you'd like. So it's a nice space to enjoy and then also get work done while I'm traveling. And I just feel better when I'm in a nice, well thought out space and well put together coffee shop than in a Starbucks. If I have to sit in Starbucks, great, but I just, I just feel better when I'm in a nice shop. What's well, an intentional choice? Like like anything else when you're traveling, it's like you 
could pick up breakfast at McDonald's. Like you could. Yeah. But like, is, is that better than, you know, like you're saying, be more intentional going to like a place that is like a, a beautiful space that is well thought out, that is well designed, that serves you coffee. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of hits a couple of notes for you that are like important when you're traveling to make it a little uh, more enjoyable, a little more tolerable. I think that makes sense. Someone asked me the other day, do you get burnt out with all travel? And um, not really. And it's, I think, because I do things like that to make it a little bit more tolerable. You have to, you have to work some tricks in there or else you're just going to work yourself to death. Mm-hmm. And um, going and experiencing nice coffee shops or eating nice food while I travel sometimes, exploring different restaurants, that's, to me, one of those little tricks that makes traveling a lot more tolerable and a lot less mentally exhausting. Well, yeah, there, there is a wor- way worse version of your travel schedule. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you set it up in a way that makes it bearable. It makes it, you know, so you want to go on the next one. Yeah. yeah. I like good coffee. I like good coffee shops. Sue me. That's the easy answer. Oh, I, I do find it funny that there like are a lot of comments, both you that you highlight and that people just make about like another hipster coffee shop for Aaron. It's like, yeah, it's just also just like a place. You yeah, know, like you but get- I, um, <clears throat> none of none of that gets to me at all because it's I'm I'm like, am I gonna apologize for being who I am? I am just yeah. I am who I am. I fucking lo- I really enjoy going to a nice coffee shop. What about it? I I like I I just that's what I enjoy. So okay, cool. I can enjoy going to a coal mine, and then later that day going to a nice coffee shop. Why are why I like I can't do both of those things? Yeah, how do I have you? to be some hardcore coal miner that only drinks Seven Eleven coffee or Monster Energy drinks <laughs> from the latest convenience, you know, mm-hmm. the closest convenience store. No, I actually, hey, if I want my latte with oat milk and I want to overpay for it, and, and you know, my nine dollar latte, live and let live. Man. So be it. Yeah. Just on the product alone, are you something of a coffee snob? Well, maybe. I mean, let me say it a little less judgmentally. Do you feel like you have a pretty refined coffee palate? Um, yeah, but I, I would rather take a very well thought out place and shitty coffee than amazing coffee in, in a shitty location. Fair. I like that. I think that actually gives a lot of good information. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Right on. Thanks, Chef, for all the internal questions you ever put in because you're the most consistent. And, and that's what's um, honestly been frustrating about Nashville is I just haven't found very many places that make a lot of sense to me. And so this is where I just told, I told the services team this. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast or not, but I, I just, I live in a weird world sometimes. So it's like, ah, shoot, I just, I can't find a coffee shop I really sincerely enjoy. So the alternative must be to go build a coffee shop. Like that's the only alternative. That's the only way out of this is if I go make my own and I see that as it's, I'm, it sounds ridiculous, but in my head, that makes perfect logical sense. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll just go build my own. Yeah. And maybe it sucks. Maybe it's garbage, but at least I'll enjoy it. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. As long as Aaron's happy, we all know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, right on. Thanks, Joe. All right. Uh, last question from Alex Ortiz. Great name. He says, has anyone ever told you you're not going to achieve your dreams? What was your response to them? It's typically in indirect ways. And this one's tricky because I think it's dramatized by like movies and TV shows about the teacher telling you you're never going to amount to anything. You're going to be a failure. Oh, you're never going to make it. Or, oh, Tom Brady getting drafted in the 
sixth round and now he's the superstar. I think it's romanticized being told black and white, no, you're not going to do it. And then you go do it. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think I, it, based on my experience, it's not really, it doesn't work out that way. I think people tell you you're not going to do it or don't believe in you in indirect ways, but they're never like, no, you're not going to do that. Well, because there is a uh, like truthful way to say that to somebody, but also there's like a cruel way to say it. Well, and I think the like way that's like you're never going to achieve what you say you're going to achieve. Yeah, that's kind of cruel. And like, what was the point of speaking I, to somebody like that? I just don't think many people actually think like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's I I really think it's um, that's mostly manufactured. In reality. A lot of people have said they don't believe in what we're doing by not doing business with us, by leaving, by just betting against us. And whenever that happens, my my immediate thought is <clears throat> I've never once wished I hope they go fail. That's a terrible, terrible, miserable way to live. And instead, I just view it as I'm going to make sure that decision was wrong. I'm I'm not going to make sure that you're wrong or you like, I, I hope you do well, but I'm going to absolutely ensure that you can, you, 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 you can't look back on that decision and be like, ah, yeah, I made the right call because you were going to be dead wrong and you were going to know it. And I'm going to make absolute certain that you know it. So like for investment, for example, everybody that says no, it's like, ah, yeah, dude, I don't blame you. You have to do what's right for your business. You have to do what's right for your capital. You have to do what's right for your investment strategies. You have to do what's right for your beliefs. So sure, check. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for letting us know. But I'm going to absolutely make sure that you are one of those people 10 years from now talking about, I had the opportunity to invest in that company. This is what it would be worth if I did, but I didn't do that. Because there's a lot of those people mm-hmm. about a lot of those companies. They had the opportunity. They didn't do it. I want to be one of those companies. I will be one of those companies. We will be one of those companies. Mm-hmm. I say, I, we, we, yeah. we, we, build with, build with, build with. So it's, it's, I get confused because this question is directed it's at me. It's directed but at you, but I'm it coming is at it. Yeah, I'm coming at it from a build with point of view. Hopefully yeah. that makes sense. I think what's interesting about our company and I'm sure a lot of companies build this way, but I'm thinking about it specifically. I feel like we approach people we work with with, I'm going to make damn sure that you think this was a good decision. Right? Yeah. But on the other hand, when people choose not to work with us, we we flip it on its head and we say, we want to make damn sure that was not a good decision. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's not, that's not like my core motivation either. Yeah. But I think it's an interesting kind of motivation. It's it's a little bit of motivation and it's a little bit of a kick in the ass. It is waning though. The motivation really is uh, the dirt world needs to become a better place. I believe we're the ones to do it. That's my motivation. Mm-hmm. So that's I don't I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the negativity or people not believing in us or anything like that. I don't I don't worry about it. Like, okay, cool. Hey, you don't believe in it? That's fine. I'm just gonna go build it so that you one day do believe in it. And by, you know, maybe, okay, cool. You could have got the early inside track now, but there'll still be an opportunity later and we'll still do great things together. We'll still make each other win and everybody's happy ever after. So even if you're saying no now, let's go work together in the future. Let's get it to a yes down the road so that we can still make you successful Mm -hmm. so that we can still make you win so that we can still help you out however we can. So I just, um, yeah, the, 
I just, I think it's just, it's like this sexy, attractive narrative to go, t- you know, oh, I'm going to prove the haters wrong or this and that. But it's a, I'm starting to understand that's a very unrefined place to be mentally. That's like, um, that's kind of just lower level emotional intelligence wisdom, I feel like. And I'm, I've, I was there for quite a sure, while, sure. but I feel like I've started to move up to that next level of, okay, if they don't, if they don't buy it, okay, I'm fine with that. I'll, you know, going to go do it anyway. And then they'll come on board down the road. And then if they don't, okay. Like <laughs> that's fine too. It's, yeah. So, so all of that said, it's like, I want to make sure that they're wrong. Uh, but it's not in a negative way. It used to be in a negative way. Now it's not. It's I'm going to go do what I say I'm going to go do. We're going to go do what we're saying we're going to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, but down the road, there's still a lot of opportunity to work together. Yeah, you certainly aren't burning like that bridge. It's like, well, that was your chance and now it's ruined. No. So, I, I yeah, I used to, um, you know prove people wrong or oh all oh, these people said i wasn't going to do it and here i am oh fuck you guys well like I, I'm I think just, it's, i'm not really tempted to do that anymore i think it's pretty natural like as you emotionally mature and as you grow you become more internally motivated or motivated by a higher purpose anyway yeah and it, yeah like you said it's not a very refined place to be if it's i am motivated to do this because that guy counted me out like that that's like you said, that's romanticized. That's not really like real life. Yeah. It's like 1% of the motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's fine to be a little motivated by that. Sure. I mean, every time I've gotten turned down from investment, um, we've gotten turned up from investment too. So it's like, yeah. don't, don't everybody panic. Um, that's part of the process. It, it, I've sincerely thanked them. I'm like, I'm just, I just appreciate, do you even gave me this much time to even consider what the hell's going on? Well, that's still an investment from them. Yeah, they could be time, working instead. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Um, so yeah, I, and then even from like my motivation, um, for the investment, it's like, so what is my motivation to get this money? And, and I've been so excited about, oh, we're going to get a, going to get this building and we'll be able to get, you know, more things and, oh, there's all these cool things we can do and this and this and that. Um, but I was thinking about, I was like, ah, that I need to be careful going down that path. Cause that's not really the motivation. The motivation is with more money, we can go hire more people, impact more lives intimately within our business, and ultimately impact more lives within the dirt world, yep. which then makes the dirt world a better place. That's the motivation. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so um, confident in the investment we're seeking and we'll get that allocating that capital effectively because it's like we're going to use that to go change lives. And if we go change lives, if we go make the dirt world a better place, our business is going to shake out at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, so there will be some physical things. Great. Okay. We go get a building and we go get other stuff, you know, great. But even if we don't get the building, that doesn't make or break the potential impact we can go create. That doesn't, oh shit, we don't have this building. Now we can't go make the dirt world headquarters. No, we're going to go make the dirt world headquarters with whatever the fuck we have. Um, that's not really it. Mm -hmm. That just took a left turn. That's what I was thinking about last night though, while I was eating my Chipotle. Which is, you know, a daily occurrence sometimes. Eating your Chipotle, thinking. Yeah. Uh, you posted on Instagram about how you've never had a good experience at the Germantown Chipotle, and yet you go back there. I have a similar opinion. Dude. It's like, why are you out of so much stuff all the time? The Chipotle, I'm going to come here in three days. Chipotle and Rosa Parks is the worst. It's a joke. Consistently 
the worst Chipotle I have ever been to. To never once, never once walk into that Chipotle with the expectation of, wow, everything is going to go right. <laughs> like, they're going to have everything I want for my bowl. <laughs> there is not a chance in hell that they will have everything you want, or even if they do, are going to get your order right, or just nothing is going to go right. Nothing. I have once gone through and like, I like I'm obsessed with the spicy salsa there. It's a thing. Um, was like, yeah, I want chips and salsa with my, you know, burrito salad. I'm like, we don't have any chips. I'm like, oh, there's a bunch over there. Well, those are for the uh, drive through to go order. <laughs> Okay, well, but it's right there. Like, I, I'll be happy to buy it. That's it's they're just for to go. So I got on my phone, ordered chips and salsa to go, and they get my order and bring it over. I said, "Yeah, thanks." Amazing. It was so dumb. See, you don't take no for an answer. I don't. I never give up. I. That's what happened to me yesterday. I walk in, and immediately. So before I walk through the doors, I brace myself. I am like, I am going to get disappointed, going to be disappointed by this experience. You're just managing your expectations. I walk in. There's people in there. So I'm like, okay, thank God. Because the last time I tried to go to Chipotle, it was Easter. And apparently on Jesus's birthday. (laughs) That's not how Easter works. (laughs) Chipotle's not open. So I, I go in. So step one, it's open. We're good to go. I walk down and my stomach drops because there's like half of the little things missing in the lineup, like, but people are back there and he just goes online only. I'm like, excuse me, online only online orders only. I'm like, so how do I do that? I'm, I'm here. I just want my Chipotle. I've never ordered online. How the fuck do I Chipotle.com. I'm like, okay, I just got off a flight. I'm, 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 I just got into the United States two hours ago from Germany. I want Chipotle. I'm going to get my goddamn Chipotle. <laughs> so I sit down like a patron eating at the Chipotle. Sure. I order on my phone and I wait 20 minutes for them to put the bag on the shelf. Like, I go grab it. Thanks. I get, bring it home. They got my order wrong, of course. Sure. But I wasn't even upset because I had my Chipotle. Yeah. It'll there work. Yeah, that's just how it is. <laughs> Anywho, Anywho. Important to manage your own expectations. That's what we're, that's what we're getting to around here. <sighs> manage expectations, everybody. Yeah, uh, just keep the bar low and you will never be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, if you expect nothing, you always get it. Mm-hmm. Fine. That's, that's what I have in my Tinder bio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to make, make, keep making yeah. Tinder jokes. I don't have a Tinder, I promise. Yeah, just like attach that to every single thing everybody says. It's yeah. like, yeah, that's what I have in my Tinder bio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, y'all, for sending in questions. Very, very thankful for that. Um, please keep them coming. I, I love to have interesting questions. I feel like there's a lot to learn that. You know, it's like some of these are really ang- like aimed at you, which I mean, is kind of the point of this a little bit, but it always ends up being a, a conversation about the company anyway. And so I think there like ends up being real value, even if it starts with, has anyone told you you can't achieve your dreams? I, yeah. And I try to make it, um, and even, even to that point, it's like, okay, great. Someone maybe said that, but look around, we're doing it. Like we're making it happen anyway. <laughs> we have enough data to suggest that. We're doing it, and uh, we're going to keep doing it. So they can say whatever the hell they want. It doesn't affect what we're doing. It, it makes no difference on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I try to make it relatable to the bigger picture, so I'm hoping this helps. And then also, I'm just trying to prove con- you know, continuously, I am a human being. I am fallible. I overpay for my lattes. What about it? Just life. Yeah. And so I am just another idiot at Buildwood.
not saying everybody else is idiot. I'm. It's kind of me and Dan. Just if there were other idiots, yeah. you'd yeah, be that's part of like, that. We're in our idiot corner, everybody else, and, and we're just looking around like, wow, everybody else is really smart. <laughs> They're going to figure this out one day. I do feel that all the time when I have like a meeting with new people who've been here for a minute. Mm-hmm. They start saying something like, oh, oh, you are a lot smarter than I am. Yeah, you start like sweating a little bit like, oh, I got to gotta go home and read tonight. <laughs> I got <laughs> I gotta take an online course or something. Figure this one out. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta increase my value. Yeah. Uh, anyway, internal podcast. Thanks, man. Internal podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you have questions, send them to alexbuild.com. We will see you on the next one. Stay dirty. Mm-hmm.